Welcome back to the Loftcaster Club's first and only official podcast that takes you to the very heart of the action here at Loftus Road. I'm Ian Taylor from the QBR media team and today I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my esteemed media colleague David Scriven. After a super Saturday to remember for all QPR fans, I think you'll all agree there's only one place to start. Here's Sherry from the right-hand side, crosses in, centre's there! And Idris Ocella has surely won the West London derby for Queen's Park Rangers! You'd have to say it was cunning! Sherry's delivery from the right-hand side! Senna got beyond the defender, heads in far post! And it's Derby Day glory for the hoops of West London! They lead by two goals to one! So Andy, where do we... Where do we start with that one? Uh, a crazy game that, having sat in the away end myself, um, rare, a rare outing in the away end, uh, every emotion possible, but it, it was just an incredible game of football. Cool, you're right. What a game. Um, you know, given our record against Fulham, everything that was going on around the game, it was just, a, as I say, I think every everybody connected with QPR, every fan must have experienced every emotion possible. But, you know, to come away with a win was was absolutely fantastic and a massive win as well Dave when you put it in the context of the two week break obviously our form going in oh, our form in September um, when you certainly when you compare it to August was, was very poor but on the back of two draws it was important to go into the international break with a win yeah I think um, performances hadn't been great have they in, in the two games prior to that both picked up points in both matches which are always welcome but um, yeah I think it was important um, you know any game is important to win but the derby game against Fulham considering how poor QPR have been in, in those matches over the last uh, well certainly over the last three or four trips and what is it 36 years since they 36 years of hurt last There's a song last there somewhere. Yeah. Um, you no, know, it's really important, important wasn't it to, to go there and, and get a result and um, you know what a way to, to get the result Lee Mason tried to turn it into the Lee Mason show didn't he what did you make of the um I probably shouldn't say that, but I have. What did you make of the the first award of the penalty? I mean, it it seemed a a bizarre award because there was no appeals at all, and yet he points to the spot, and Corks gets a booking as well. Well, I didn't, uh, you know, um, watch the game like a fan probably. You know, I was following the ball. I watched the 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 corner kick, and all of a sudden you see him point to the spot. I know there's this new thing that's come out this year that referees aren't going to be the grappling, the grappling sort of role, and we've seen it on. A few games in the Premier League, high-profile games, but I've also seen a few that haven't been given. So there lies the inconsistency again. Yeah. So, you know, us going into that game, you know, we've already set our recent record against Fulham. What was going around during the week, you know, to to get a penalty awarded against you after four minutes, get mm. your centre half on a yellow card. I just sat back in my seat. Blew here we my, go again. Blew my cheeks out and go. Here we go again. I think there was a conversation between two players. I won't name them. That. Um, just as um, the penalty had been awarded, one of them said to her, here we go again, and the other player said, no, don't worry, Alex is going to save this. And he did, and what a save, and he continues his fantastic record. Yeah, in some respects, it was it could have been the best thing that happened to us in that game, wasn't it? Because it seemed to sort of galvanise the QPR fans that um, we'd saved the penalty. It was almost as like we'd scored a goal, wasn't it, yeah. like early on, and, and the crowd really seemed to get behind the team from there on in. And, you know, I know... Um, Throughout the game, it was it was one way traffic in some respects. In terms of Fulham had a lot of possession and a lot of chances, but um, ultimately that penalty save flipped the game in QPR's favour. And it was a great save as well, and uh... it probably hasn't got enough credit for that because everybody's focused on the penalty in the last minute where they hit the post. But it was a really good save. That's yeah, a great save. You know, it's not a bad it's not a bad uh, penalty kick. It's it's right in the corner. It's probably a comfortable height for him. Yeah. But, you know, if he guesses the right way, but he's had a lot of ground to make up and. 
Alex Smithy, since he's come in, he's got a hell of a record of saving penalties. Yeah, so it's 37 penalties, I think, he's faced. and uh, No, sorry, 35 penalties he's faced, and of, of those, 17 have been missed or saved. Oh, so he's almost one in two. And what's the QPR? QPR, five in seven. It's okay. interesting as well, because um, I heard I heard uh, off-camera um, what his uh, technique is. We won't say which we won't, which we won't reveal uh, on <laughs> the last cast what it is. Here. But um, it's interesting, actually, what his technique is, and actually... Um, when you hear it, it sort of makes sense as to why he's so successful. Um, so long may that continue. Um, Connor Washington um, off the mark, albeit I think it did take a small deflection off Seb Polter, but he's been credited with the goal, and that'll that'll do him wonders. I think you know Connor. Uh, he's had a frustrating time. I think I'm quite right to say that since he's come here. You know he's he's uh, been in and out the side, uh, but he's getting a little run at the minute, and he's he's been craving and. I think you can sense everyone, players, fans, want them to get that first yeah. goal. Uh, and if that is his goal, and it is at this moment in time, uh, fantastic. It'll do him the world of good. You know, players like him, forwards, wide players, you know, you, you want to get that first goal. You want to get that monkey off your back as, as such and, and, and push on. And he's done well in that wide role, hasn't he, where he's been he's He been works utilized. his socks off, doesn't he? He yeah. works his socks off for the team. He epitomises what we're after. Um we know Young, he's a, hungry, determined, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a smashing kid, uh, and hopefully that will that will get him going. The second half, then, um, yeah, you, you, we're in front, and you're thinking, right, start the second half well, nick a second. <laughs> but this is QPR in a London derby against Fulham. It was never going to be straightforward, and of course they score very early on, and then for a period it was it was like you say one way traffic. Yeah, you, you know, I think they missed a couple of good chances in the first half. One real sitter Chris Martin you yeah. know um, having said that you know I'll, I'll stick up for him a little bit the the ball he got from his mate was, was a l- little bit behind him and it was <laughs> yeah. bobbly you know uh, a little bit of care there and he just walks it into the goal but uh, I was pleased to see him miss it but uh, yeah you're right you go in one up um, and you think go on solid start the second half start the game you know nil nil again uh, it's almost like the game started but within 90 seconds they're back on back on level terms poor goal that we conceded could have done better on a couple of occasions but uh and you're back at 1-1 and you're, you're thinking probably the worst again. It was strange in the away end because uh, there was quite a, an atmosphere in the away end at half-time and uh, there was people getting carried on shoulders and doing dives and all sorts. But <laughs> people came up and took their seats and because... Maybe I'm being um, a bit biased here, but the, the atmosphere from the Fulham end was was poor, I thought, throughout. And it was almost those guys that had t- taken their seats three or four minutes after half-time that hadn't even realised that they'd got back on level peggings because there was no noise. But then having said that, we talk about the chances that Fulham created after that. For me, from 70 to 90, when Jimmy made those changes, positive changes, there was only really one team I thought that would have the zest perhaps to go on and win it and that was us because Olamide came on and made a real impact I think you're quite right I think uh, the substitutions and that's you know games can sometimes be won from the bench or what's on the bench uh, and fair play to Jimmy on the day he, he made a, uh, some positive ones uh, and I thought it tipped the balance as you quite rightly say I thought young Mide was really really good you know posed a real threat was was positive and all he did put a couple of great balls in and uh, yeah, tip the balance in our favour. And Nico as well came on, and it was good to see Nico come on at a, a crucial stage of the game. I think it was still 10, 15 minutes remaining. Um, and then obviously the goal arrives, Dave, in, in 88, 89 minutes. A great ball in from, from Charon Cherry. And Silla's there doing what he does best. He's got a big neck, and he got his big neck there and headed it home. Yeah, we were saying in the press box that for all the chances Fulham had, you just felt that QPR could still nick this. Um, you know, when, when they went forward, they had a couple of decent chances in that last... 10 minute period when the subs came and 
you know, a great ball into the box, and um, you know he was he was completely unmarked. Uh, Andy might know better than us. Was that was that good yeah, positional play. play from him, or was it poor defending from? Well, Fulham? because sixty seconds earlier we've we've got another ball into box, and Nedham's put as good a chance yeah. over the bar but yeah. Silla does really well to take Silla that. does great you know first of all wind the back a little bit uh, I love the bit of play from Sharon Cherry you know he's coming in on his left foot a great bit of disguise drags it back then he, he finds an unbelievable cross with his it was uh, right foot cross wasn't with, it? With, yeah. his, with his right foot what an know. area he put the ball in there. what an area you know managers used to say to me don't don't, don't look for the player hit an area uh, but Idrissa Silla does what all good strikers he's on the move and he gets between um, defenders and Gets his neck on it, and uh, uh, I was very loud in the director's box when that one went in. <laughs> and at that stage, you're thinking, right, let's just see it out now. Um, but as QPR. Said, it's never that easy, especially <laughs> when he hit, they hit the bar in a, in, with a free so kick. Free, free kick on the edge of the box, hit the bar, and then obviously the award of a penalty. Um, spoken to various players about it, seen various footage. I don't think there's any contact, but I guess if you're if your foot is high and it wasn't that high because the players ducked down but yeah. if your foot's high I can see why it was given yeah. um, you know disappointingly from me people might look at Nedham making the challenge um, I think Sharon switched off a little bit mm. from the from the throw in so there's a forward who's just probably on the verge of winning you the game with his cross it could actually cost you in the last couple of minutes but uh, I can see why it was given I was really really disappointed uh, that it was given but then you just slump back in your seat again and you just think you know what this is QPR. This, uh, but I had a feeling about the second one. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why. I just whether it was a left footer, a sub taken or whatever. I fancied him to miss it for some reason. So uh, I don't know if that was just hope or. And he did, and it was <laughs> the the emotion. You know, from from despair to elation within seconds. It was it was crazy, and that away end was really bouncing at the full time whistle, and you just sensed that it was going to be our day, and that's the way it turned out. That was it was a it was a horrible last couple of minutes, but a brilliant last few minutes all rolled into one. You know the emotions that we've gone through from eighty seven, eighty eight minutes to thinking you've won the game. Yeah, they hit the bar, then they get a penalty, and you think, uh, well, but then they miss it. So as I say, in that five minutes, it uh, probably a, a season's worth of emotions went into it. But the final whistle, you know, fantastic. Um, we probably need to be a little bit better in terms of the way we played. But if at one o'clock that day, if someone had said. You know what? You'll get a little bit of a chase, and they'll miss a couple of chances. They'll have two penalties, but we'll give you a two-one win. You would have took that all day long, and delighted for Jimmy because it had been a tough week. Um, obviously, with the allegations in the Daily Telegraph newspaper, I should say that at the time of recording this, the internal investigation is ongoing, but we're we're still waiting on the unedited transcripts and video footage from the Telegraph. But a tough week for Jimmy, but topped off in style. And he conducted himself. We should say he conducted himself very well at the game. We, and after we the can game. only we can only assume, uh, you know, what he went through for those couple of days. Uh, as such, you know, whether whatever was said, whether it was whatever uh, came out, but you know, for him to get his him and his staff to get his team prepared for a, a local derby. But I got the the impression that it wasn't just an attack on Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Uh, I felt our fans galvanised themselves almost that was against the club yep. and I thought you know I think we're probably going to come on to it but our fans on the day were absolutely tremendous that was bouncing it was rocking you know I hear comments are loud and proud you know and uh, that's what they were brilliant and just as I was uh, looking at QPR and thinking where's the goal going to come from the big German steps up and tucks it in at the near post he's come off the bench and he's lifted the travelling fans they're back on terms with the Brewers Burton won, Queen's Park Rangers won.
Okay, so moving on to the Burton game, Andy. It seems like a lifetime ago now. Fair result, 1-1? Yeah, probably. Um, uneventful first half, you know, not much in it. They probably score against the runner play. You know, chances were few and far between for both sides. Um, they get their noses in front, but again, we almost needed a, a kick up the backside to get going. And from the that goal going in, it seemed to, oh, we got a great response. You know, in the introduction of Seb, he comes on, he gets his goal, and arguably five, six minutes before the end, it's unlucky not to get a winner. With so, the header uh, that goes just past the yeah, post. So, uh, so, yeah, on the, on, the, on the balance of play, probably a fair result, yeah. The reaction afterwards was uh, strange. I was, I was at the game and I thought Rangers competed well and I thought certainly in the last 15 minutes, similar to Fulham, it looked like QPR would be the side that would go on and get the winner. Um, do you think that a lot of the reaction is based on, well, it's only Burton, but I don't think you can read too much. Any away game, if you're picking up points on the road, for me, is a positive. Would yeah, you agree? Yeah, I think that was a big part of the, the reaction. I wasn't at, at the match, so I didn't see any of it myself. But, um, you know, reading the reaction of fans who were there on social media, I think there was a little bit of, oh, it's Burton, we should have won the game, which, you know, is disrespectful in some respects. They, they deserve to be in the championship. They've won two back-to-back promotions in two very difficult yep. divisions to get out of. And uh, at the moment, they're, they're holding their own in, in the championship. But, and beating uh, two good sides. I think beating Sheffield Wednesday and Derby at home already this year. Yeah, so It's a tough place to go. I've got a thing about, you know, when you play promoted, newly promoted clubs, I don't actually want to play them in the first couple of months of the season because they're still carried from what they've achieved the year before. Yeah, it's like, isn't it, you get on that yeah. uh, run of losing yeah, games. So when I look at the fixtures, still almost on the crest of a wave, yeah. aren't they? From what I, I look at the fixtures and people say, oh, you got that, you got now. I, I sort of, I don't despair a little bit, but I think, you know what, they're still got a bit of momentum. You probably want to play them December time, you know, after when they're, when it's, everything's calmed down a little bit. So, wasn't a fantastic performance. Another point on the board. Yes, we need to be better, but let me tell you, that it's not an easy game going to Burton. Mm. And, the only sour point, I guess, was the injury to Jake Bidwell, who's dislocated his shoulder, has had surgery now, I believe. That's a blow, isn't it? Because he's been very steady, Eddie, and now steady start to the season, I guess. Well, first of all, it's a blow for the lad, you know, um, <coughs> super lad, you know, coming from our rivals up the road. Uh, he's done well, more to come from him. Uh, and it's a blow for the team, you know, because it disrupts our, uh, well, probably our first choice left back, uh, as he has been. And it's a painful one, the dislocated shoulder, you know, so we wish him well. Have you well. done that? Not to that extent. I had one at Wolves one time where it just popped out, but the physio got it straight back in. And I bet you that was painful. That was painful. <laughs> and I had a cortisone to, uh, and that was even more painful. To numb the pain. The fella stuck in the needle in my shoulder. Um, but yeah, we wish him well. Speedy recovery, as we speak, not sure how long he, uh, he's going to be out. But, you know, uh, we want him back as quick as possible. Corner to Queen's Park Rangers. Birmingham have everybody back in towards the middle. Yes! Header. Oh, is it? Stephen Corker gets it. A header from point-blank range. It's another set-piece goal for QPR. But they won't care a jot this afternoon. They're well back into this game. Stephen Corker's goal there, Andy, um, earning us a share of the spores against Birmingham. A, a, a fair result on reflection, looking back. If you can remember that far back, it seems ages ago. <laughs> fair result? Um, probably a low... I thought we were excellent in the second half, probably mm. our best performance uh, since Lee. We added commentary, and there was a period in the second half where Birmingham couldn't get out their own half. Yeah. You know, um, they won it back from us, but they couldn't get out their own half. We were snapping, we were on the front foot. And it was reminiscent of a few games last season, you know, the Derby here, the uh, the, the Brighton game when we clawed it back from 2 2, yeah. with that high energy, that high tempo, crunching tackles going in, which gets the fans off the seats. 
So uh, I went away from that, disappointed that we only got a point, but really enthused by what I had seen from the team in the second half. Stephen Corker um, on the on the score sheet for QPR, and we're going to hear from him later on in this podcast. But he's he's a player who seems to have grown into the season with with the way that QPR are, are playing. Um, he's playing in uh, the left side of a centre half, and he's going to be a key player for us between now and the end of the season, Dave. Yeah, I think there was obviously a bit of speculation in August about whether he would still be here come the end of the, the transfer window, but um, he seems to, to have settled well um, back into the club. He seems to just be enjoying playing football again. Um, you know, he had a couple of loan spells last year, but he didn't play um, too often. And when he did play, he wasn't in his uh, usual position. So he just seems to be enjoying being out on the pitch and, and playing football on a regular basis. And, um, you know, that's uh, showing through some of his performances. We spoke about Idrissa Silla scoring at the death against Fulham. If I can recall, three weeks ago, I think it was now, that he had a good chance here, didn't he, late on to win that game? Yeah, turned the fella 12 yards out on his uh, on his left foot and didn't quite get hold of it, but the keeper went down to his left-hand side and, and saved it. Um, he looks a threat, though, doesn't he? I like what I see. I really like what I see. He's got good movement, I think, when we signed him, because, let's face it, not many people outside the club had heard of him or seen him. Uh, Jimmy and Les said he thrives on crosses, so we've seen that. You know, if you put things in the box, he'll get on the end. But I like his movement. He he, he makes half a yard for himself, which is key as a as a striker. Uh, he works his sock off going to, to the Birmingham game. The ball went out of play twice. He sprinted to get it to get the game because he recognised um, we were in the ascendancy. And you know, things like that can actually pick crowds up as well. Very so uh, I think he's going to be a crowd favourite um, over the next few years, hopefully anyway. Aside from a busy period on the pitch, it's been all systems go off it as well since our last podcast here. Last week, Andy and other delegates from the club attended the Stan Bowles Benefit Lunch in Mayfair, where we caught up with none other than former QBR player and manager Terry Venables. A lot of people have come out for Stan Bowles. Just how special a player was he? Um, I think he was the best. I, I, I actually do. I think Stan sort of come from um, uh, Carlisle which was sort of not, not a lot of uh, places for, for, for him to uh, play at and uh, but I, Stan just came to Queen's Park Rangers we all, he, he just just walked on came in and just mesmerized everybody and he was without a doubt fantastic fantastic player and uh, people don't really maybe know much or heard much about him and the longer it goes the maybe the less you you'll know about it but it's, it's very sad for, 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 for us but at the same time Stan has given a lot of people lots and lots of fun and brilliance he's just been something and some somebody of a group that is a very small group and how well you can get a group like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight players. And he's one of them for me. A special footballer and also, it seems, a very special person. Yeah, he's great. He was just so lovely. He was a lovely man. I mean, he was, he was brilliant. He wasn't someone that was uh, showing off. He just did what he did without bothering. I can remember, I can remember him coming to QPR and straight first training session, well, there was me and uh, I was like the captain at the time and Stan was up front and, and then there was Jerry Francis. I mean, Jerry Francis and Stan, it bumped like that. They were just 
captured the ball. They're most likely still playing with it today. <laughs> and uh, but uh, I, I, he's he just puts a smile on your face, and he's he's just. A wonderful person, wonderful person. And very finally, you know the QPR fans very well, and you can understand why Stan Bowles is so special to those fans. Absolutely. I mean, there's uh, Queen's Park Rangers in itself, I think, is, is, a, is a wonderful place as well, because there was people like uh, all those names that you know and that you watch and you still do. And then there was, uh, of course, the, the chairman that... Uh, um, Jim Gregory. Jim Gregory was a very special man because he actually, without Jim Gregory, it wouldn't have been a QPR because he just put all the money in himself every time. And uh, it's, and it's, to me, it's, it, that was another time where, um, you know, QPR also is, a, is another place It's so good. And also there was Don Shanks, who was uh, a big friend of Stan. <laughs> And those two were hysterical. They were absolutely fantastic. And uh, I'm very happy to be able to say a few words for, for those two boys to, to make show that how much fun you can have with, with style and with a, a brilliance that just comes out of it, every, every, every pore on your body. I mean, it just, it makes me feel very, very, hairs go on the back of your neck. It's wonderful. Andy, you attended the function for Stan, helping to raise funds for his ongoing battle with Alzheimer's. How was the day? Well, it was a wonderful day. Uh, you know, all for a great cause, all for a, a, a great player and a great man. Um, you know, the illness uh, itself is horrible for anyone that's uh, been close to it. Um, more so for family members who see loved ones go through it and have to care for them. You know, but the day itself, really well organised. A few familiar faces. A few familiar faces, great turnout. You know, uh, the likes of Terry Venables, George Graham, Glenn Roder, uh, you know, people from the past, people, John Don Shanks, who had a massive part in organising the day and did a great job. Colleagues that Sam had played with, friends, um, family members and fans, past and present, you know, all came out um, and it was uh, really, really good and a few quid raised for uh, a really worthwhile cause. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we'd all agree with that. And the thoughts of everyone at the Loftcastle with Stan and his family in his ongoing battle with Alzheimer's, like we said. That leads us on nicely, Andy, to the launch of the Forever Ours Club, which we've got coming up next Saturday. You've played an active role in the formation of it since the outset. What can you tell us about this new ex-players association? Well, I think it's something that's been on the club's radar for quite a while, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes deserve a, a lot of credit for, you know, instigating and then trying to get it off, off the ground, which we have done now. It's a it's a way of celebrating um, what former players have done for this great football club. They've all played their part, and you know, over a period of time, acted for the club in a, a distinguished way. Um, I came back here six, seven years ago to a, a one-off game and and sense that wasn't quite what it used to be and people would say oh it's lost its way and it's lost what it was football's all about the present but you never forget your traditions your Great. history uh your roots if you like and what uh you stand for as a club qpr for me stands for a, a family a community or a community orientated club uh, and the players who've represented us and pulled the bloom white hoops on over the years have had a massive part to play and we want to engage with them celebrate them and get them back to 
the club as much as we possibly can, as and when they can. Ian Gillard's been announced as the live president, and uh, I know you spoke to him and you wrote to him to, to formally welcome him into his new role. He was delighted, and I think everybody, um, both inside the club and outside the club, agrees that that's a great appointment. Well, we felt as a group, you know, and uh, you've been part of that, the discussions that have been going on, we felt we wanted a... Um, a figurehead if you like and we we looked around and this club's had some great names and some great players that have played for the club uh over the years but we felt um it was only right and fitting to go back to the the, the most successful team the club's had you know the 75 76 team and Ian sort of ticked all the boxes and uh, you know 479 appearances for the club one club man effectively by a couple of appearances and if you look at his quotes and he's come out and said you know it's an honour it's a privilege you know big part of his life was this club and, and that's what we want so uh, I spoke to him a couple of times and uh, he seemed delighted to be asked and we're delighted to have him and uh, I look forward to working alongside him in various uh, aspects alongside other members of the club and um, we wish him well in his, in his new role so as well as yourself and uh, Les Ferdinand um, on the day we've got um Roger Morgan or is it Ian Morgan? I can't remember. Ian. One or, Ian's coming to this one. I think Roger's coming back later in the season. Gillard, Bowles, Park, Shanks, Faraday, Hucker, Maddox, Wilson, Gallen, Rowlands, Bircham. All set to be here, Dave. So it's um, it's going to be quite nostalgic, um, but it's got got the potential to be a great great opening launch for the for the Forever Arts Club. Yeah, there's a real range of players there, isn't there, as well from across the the areas of um, you know some real um, successful sides as well. Um, you know, you've got some players from the the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and um, yeah it should be it should be really good to, to have them back on the pitch and um, the fans uh, they always give the great the former players a, an excellent reception don't they um, you know those those half-time interviews when they come back are always really well received and people often stay in their seats just to, to hear what those guys have got to say yeah we'll have full details of that um, to come on the on the web over the over the coming days in the build-up to that Reading game but um, in the meantime let's turn back matters to the present day um, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's side have got a big game coming up against Reading this weekend as we've touched on the Loftcast caught up with ours defender Stephen Corker to get his take on the season so far and the reasons behind his decisions to stay at QPR this summer despite interest from elsewhere Well Stephen thanks for joining us on the Loftcast firstly looking back on the last game the Fulham game and quite an incredible game to watch what was it like to be involved in that one? Yeah, it was um, it was a strange game to honest with you. Um, I, I felt at times we we rode our luck. Um, I felt at times we, we dug deep and, and battled really well. And uh, at times we, we we scored the goals when needed, which which makes a change. So uh, it was a it was it was a nice feeling, especially in, in a derby. Um, I thought the atmosphere was good as well, and um, it was just it was just so important for us to get three points and sort of uh, get back to winning wage really. So. Uh, thankful for the luck that was on our side. Thankful for uh, you know Smithy's uh, penalty save and um, yeah, just just uh, you know it's really brought back a, a really positive positive vibe around the place. Everyone knows that our record historically at Fulham hasn't been good, and when we concede a penalty within five minutes, you're thinking, oh no, not again. It did seem a very harsh one. I know there's the the new ruling with regards to tugging, but if you actually look at the flight of the ball, it was never coming into the middle. It was you were penalised. What's your recollection of it? Um, it's a difficult one. Um, I should know better, um, you know, with the new balling and, and, and the amount of footage that's come out of, of, of players getting penalised for it. Um, but I just think when you've got such a, 
short space of time to, to sort of to, to sort of react and stop 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 the player uh, getting getting a free head. Um, my reaction was to, to, to put my arms out. So uh, I take responsibility for it. it. It does it does feel a little harsh because the players know how to to, to play it well. And uh, as you put your arms around them, they you know sort of lock you in and, and, and do the do the sort of crocodile roll. So yeah. it does it does make it does make it um, slightly more difficult. But um, you know it's something I've got to learn from. And um, you know I was, I was just very thankful for Alex making the save. Did the referees come around to the training grounds at the start of the season and point out this is something we're clamping down on? In most seasons, yes, but this season we haven't actually we haven't had our referee in yet, so um, I'm not sure why that is. But uh, so how, how have you, as a player, found out about that ruling? Everyone else has just found out through media. Is that how the players have found out? Yeah, through the media as well. Yeah, and um, and, and and in previous games, if the referees have come across and, and said to us, you know, if you, if you hold him again, it's a penalty and. Uh, we sort of normally get that warning, but um, on on the day on Saturday it wasn't it wasn't to be. There was there was no sort of warning. It was a, it was a straight penalty. So um, yeah, maybe a little bit hard done by. But like I said, I, I take responsibility. I, I you know I've, I've got to, um, I've got to make sure my, my hands aren't on him and uh, just go win that win ahead of freely. Alex Smithy's pulled off a, a great save, and then we go one nil up. Connor Washington's goal or Seb Porter's goal. Oh, I'm happy to give it to Connor, um, but I think there's there's a bit of a debate going on about that downstairs. So um, yeah, I think if it's come off Seb, it, I think that's class as his goal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure I'm sure um, there'll be plenty more to come from both of them for the end of the season. Okay, and uh, a great what turned out to be the winner, although it wasn't the, the final chapter of the the game. Idris Asilla, a fine header at the far post, and it's fantastic to have that extra person who knows where the back of the net is. Exactly, yeah. I think that's his, his second goal since arriving, so and both of his heads, so he's, he's proved he's a threat in the air. And I think in the games he's played as well, he's, 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 his hold-up play is great. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great. I think all the, all, the, all the new additions have been great and settled in really well and, um, you know, helping helping build to, to what, where, where we want to get to. And the late penalty then, talk us through your thoughts on that. I remember Grant Hall dropped straight to his knees. The 95th minute you're praying, he's blown the whistle for full time. He's given a penalty for a foul by Neda Manua. I was in despair, to be honest. I was at that point definitely thinking the worst. Um, I, I didn't think it was a penalty, to be honest. I thought it was very harsh. He hasn't actually touched him. Um, but at that moment, I'm, you know, I'm, I remember Swifty's shouting to me get ready for the rebound get ready for the rebound and I'm thinking that there's no rebound here but <laughs> actually it, it, it happened so uh, yeah fair play for the positive thinking from Sufis and thankfully we managed to get the ball away and uh, the whistle was then blown seconds after and when you all went into the dressing room afterwards I don't know who was in there talking but there was a big round of applause that you could hear coming out of the visiting dressing room at Craven Cottage it was, it was a moment that seemed to really unite the entire squad after what was a challenging few days in the lead up to that game yeah, I think it was just you know the manager was was sort of just just you know thank, thanking us for sticking with this week as as we would do you know it was a, a difficult time for for the club and a difficult time for him so he knew you know we he had our, our full support and um, I think he was just it was just thanking us for for our efforts and sticking by him and uh, just as just as a team really just just everyone everyone who's, who's sort of been here you know since since preseason and um, has, has there's been a real togetherness and it was just a sort of a you know, round of applause for that and um, just to say right now let, now let's kick on so with 13th in the table um, 15 points from 11 games with five off the playoffs it's probably not where we'd hope to be at this stage what are your thoughts on the, the season so far as a whole it's almost been like two seasons in one for QPR. 
It has, yeah. It started off really, really well with the, with the, with the first two games. Um, great results, um, and then we had we had a little dip in form where it, you know become you know thing, things where things weren't going for us. Um, we w- wasn't performing in certain games, and other times maybe a little bit unlucky. But uh, we had to dig deep um, and going back to that round of applause. That's sort of where that come from. You know, it, it's it's often teams will go on bad runs and they seem they seem to never end. But um, I felt we had a, a solid week. You know. The point of Birmingham, uh, we'd like to have obviously taken three similar to Burton, but I think they were, they were much improved performances. And it was topped off by a, a sort of uh, not so good performance at Fulham, but one that got us the three points. So it's, it's all done, um, it had its ups and downs a week, but um, overall it was, a, it was a solid week. And, you know, five points is, is, is better, than, better than none. And from your point of view, you, you, you said at the start of the season you're happy to stay. What's important to you is to play games. You've started 10 games this season. In the whole of last season, you started seven games. So it certainly justified your decision to stay. Are you pleased with that decision? Yes, definitely. I'm enjoying my football again. And it's been a, it's been a long time since, since I could say that. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be playing games. And um, as I said in an interview a couple of weeks ago, just to sort of um, you know, be going out to battle every week and this sort of cliche of blood, sweat and tears, it's, there is no feeling like it and, you know, the adrenaline you get, you know, each game is, uh, is second to none. So, yeah, I'm just thankful to be playing and, uh, and, and enjoying it as well. And you said during that period last season, while you enjoyed in, in spells, if you like, your time at Southampton, your time at Liverpool, you said it was two great clubs and you learned a lot. And you also said you learned a lot about yourself during that year. What did you mean by that? For me, it was patience. I you know, learned to be patient and learn that um, you know you have to go back to basics sometimes. You know, my career sort of took off from from a young age, and it happened. It happened quickly to me. I was at, I was uh, gone from from Sunday league at sixteen to uh, I think England debut at twenty. So it happened really really, really quick for me. Um, and then sometimes you can become a little complacent, and um, I, f- I feel you know my time last year uh, reminded me of the, the professionalism that was needed to to, to be at the top and. Um, also the patience, you know, because a lot of it is not just the physical side of it, it's the mental side of it and having to um, accept certain decisions and uh, just to keep battling away, really. And, um, and I felt I've done, I've done that. I went away in the summer and just, just worked hard, got myself fit and got myself, you know, raring to go. And um, I've I, I come back pre-season and, and just uh, took off from there, really. So I've enjoyed that. Um, and as I said, last, last year, I think it was a learning curve for me. So there's no regrets with it. Um, and uh, I said I'm actually thankful to both clubs for the experience. And the manager said, Jimmy Florhousebank, when you turned up for pre-season, he was immediately saying to Les Ferdinand, I want to keep Stephen Corker. What has it been like working under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank? For me, it's been great um, having a manager that you, know, you can talk to um, on a personal level, a manager that um, you respect, he respects you, and there was respect for, for, for every player here, and that's important. Um, and, you know, for me, I think um, tactically we're, we're improving. Um, I think I think physically we're improving. He's got us all in shape, so um, think things are definitely on the up. And you know, for myself, I, I enjoy working under him. And he looks you in the eye and tells you if he's not happy about something as well. There's no mixed messages from Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. No, not none at all. Um, and that's what I like. That's that you know that goes down to respect. You know, I'd rather be told you know what his thoughts are. And um, I, you know, there's there's no, there's no doubt about that. If he if he's upset, with you, he's going to tell you. So, uh, but we're all we're old enough to take him the chin and um, you know take take on what he's saying. And it seems to be almost a battle, if you like, well, three excellent centre-backs we've got at the club, and Ned Manure is an excellent centre-back as well. It seems to be yourself and Grant Hall in the, in the box position at the moment. How much are you invo- enjoying playing alongside Grant Hall? Because you're the experienced one in that duo. 
Yeah, it's, it's strange to be uh, classed as experienced one um, so young. But I, yeah, I, I feel um, I actually played with Hawley um, when I was coming through at Tottenham. So um, we've had that, that short experience of playing with each other and uh, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it right now. And, uh, you know, like you said, you've got Nedim who can, who can fill in and, and Lynchy. And so there's, there's, there's competition for places and um, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just enjoying um, at, at the moment just, just, just having that togetherness, you know, not just as a back four, but as a, as a whole team. OK, and just finally, the next two fixtures for QPR. Two games coming up in the space of three days. Reading and Bristol City, both at home and a good opportunity to get points on the board with it being two home fixtures. Yeah, I think it's important for us to, 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 to get points out of these games. I think it's important to any home game to sort of make, make Loftus Road a fortress and um, climb the table. You know, I think it's, it's important for us. You know, you, you mentioned us not being where, where we want to be and, and, and you're right. You know, we want to be in and around the, the playoffs and uh, of course at the top of the league so um, for us it's, it's a great opportunity and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look to, um, to, get, to get maximum points and the QBR fans showed in the second half against Birmingham our last fixture at Loftus Road how they really can get behind the team yeah exactly that and you know they also showed it at the start of the season against Leeds so um, you know it's, it's up for us to, to give them something to cheer about I guess but you know when things aren't going so well if they can stick with us and, and you know be our sort of like 12 man then uh, you know every, every bit helps Seems to be in a good place, doesn't he, Stephen Cork? He's made, a, as Dave touched upon earlier, he's made a good start to the season. And it seems like Stephen Corker at this stage of his career, just needs a, a season of playing and playing regularly and hopefully playing well. You know, he's still relatively young. In, you know, what is he, 24, 25? It's still in his, the, the grand schemes of his career. Uh, uh, a young man, still learning. Uh, but the key is, is now he's on the pitch regular. You know, your career comes and comes and goes in a flash. To I'd use the words waste. That's probably not the right word to. But if you're sitting on the sidelines for a year at your career, it's well, I, I will say it, it, it's it, it's a big part of your career wasted. So we're we're delighted <coughs> that he stayed. We're delighted that he's he's here. We're delighted he's playing a, a key role. He gives us competition for places in that central area. You know, along with uh, young Grant, who can learn from him. Uh, Joel Lynch, who is back fit now, is back fit now and comes with a really good reputation. From I was speaking to people up at Huddersfield, they highly rate him. But unfortunately, when he came, he he picked up an ankle injury, then yep. then a rib injury. So his career has been at QPR has been stop start, stop start. But you know he's back in the fold and played as a left back in a, a game and a half. So he shows his versatility. So uh, now Stephen Corker on his days as good as anything in the league, and um, if he can get himself in the right place uh, and from what he's saying and what we're hearing he is massive asset for the football club looking ahead then uh, Dave Reading and Bristol City to come over the next week Saturday Tuesday as is always away in the Skybet Championship two important home games coming up yeah you'd always fancy us against anyone at, at Loftus Road but um, yeah two two very difficult games coming up aren't they uh, and especially because our home form's been so hit and miss this season isn't it? you look at the Leeds game on the opening day and you think right as Seb Poulter would say, let's make our house a, a fortress. And then all of a sudden you lose at press and you're dropping points against Blackburn, yep. against Birmingham. So whilst you would fancy us to, to win in front of our own supporters, like you say, Dave, they have two very tough games. Yeah, very tough. And our performances, as you quite rightly say, have been, I think we had those two, Blackburn and Preston. And because of their lowly league position, people probably come, me included, came here and thought, you know what? We're going to get six points and we're going to be flying. And those sometimes have been the hardest games. But... Two home games. We've got to get back to putting in performances in front of our own fans. You know, it's very well to go and win away. But, you know, there's nothing better than putting in a performance and a real 
good performance that gets you three points in front of your home fans. But the last time we played here, the second half against Birmingham, I thought we were excellent. So can we build on that and get over the line and get three points? And there's going to be a, a real emphasis on, you talk about the 12th man and the fans all being in it together. And there's going to be more details to come ahead of the game next weekend. But there is going to be a, an almost a make some noise pledge um, to the supporters. So that'll be interesting to see. Because I thought, having sat in the away end, and you'd have seen it from the director's box, and Dave, you'd have seen it from the media area as well. The, the fans were all united as, as one against Fulham and made some real noise. And that's so important. So I've said it two or three times on, on the on the the Lovecast, uh, you know how important the fans are. Sometimes they don't realise, but I would say uh, there's been a couple of frustrating performances here this season, but I would say on the whole, since the start of the season, the fans have been magnificent, both home and away. Yep. You know, they stayed behind in their numbers against Birmingham on what they had seen in the second half to applaud the team off. Uh, I can't give the ones who travelled to Fulham enough praise, you know, for the, the following and the support and their unity and their passion that they showed at... Uh, at Fulham at the weekend, we took numbers up to Wigan, we took numbers up to Bur uh, Burton on a, in a midweek. So the fans have done their bit against Sunderland here. They were, they were. I thought they were terrific. I know the club took a lot of credit for, or should get a lot of credit for the initiative. Even against Newcastle, mm. as painful as that night was, those fans stayed with us. QPR fans are as good as anything, but they need something to get behind. And if the team produces what they've done over the last game and a half, the fans will get behind them. <coughs> Our final word this week goes to the fellas at the QPR podcast. David Fraser and his fellow Ars fans have been nominated for a football blogging award. So on behalf of everyone at the club, a huge congratulations and we certainly wish you all the best for the big awards night. We'll be back with episode seven. But in the meantime, come on you Ars. Time is up on the clock. Smithies waits on his line. Here's Anuko now. Off the left foot. 12 yards out. It's off the post. Would you believe it? Forget the best of second penalty in this game. Anuko's on his knees. He can't believe it. The full time whistle's gone. And Alex Smithies is congratulated. He is mobbed by the Queen's Park Rangers players. He saves. He actually has two penalties against him. None of them find the target. And Fulham have been beaten by Queen's Park Rangers in the most dramatic fashion.